Hello and welcome to the Ordinary Church Podcast on Thursday, February 11th, 2021. This is Mike Shera, and I'm without my usual co-host, Connor Hass, because today I'm coming to you live from a little town in southwest Virginia uh, by the name of Abingdon, and uh, Angela and I are here uh, for her father's funeral, which will be tomorrow morning. And so we're here for somewhat of a sad occasion, but he was a believer in the Lord Jesus, and so we rejoice and we rejoice and grieve, we grieve with hope, hope in the resurrection, and that's what I want to talk to you about today, actually, just about death and dying and about our hope in Christ. And I love a quote from Samuel Rutherford from his little book, The Loveliness of Christ. It goes like this, when we shall come home and enter to the possession of our brother's fair kingdom, and when our heads shall find the weight of the eternal crown of glory, And when we shall look back to pains and sufferings, then shall we see life and sorrow to be less than one step or stride from a prison to glory. And that our little inch of time, suffering is not worthy of our first night's welcome home to heaven. I love that picture. Uh, Just a step from a prison to glory and our first night welcome home to heaven. Nothing can compare. No suffering is worthy to compare to our first night's welcome home to heaven. I love what the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, because of the resurrection, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. You can live life to the full for the glory of God, not fearing death, knowing that while death is the unknown for us, it is the known for God, and know that when you die, you will be stepping from a prison to glory, as it were. Your first night's welcome there will be sweeter than anything you've ever known. And if you think about your loved ones that have gone on before you, your brothers, your sisters, your spouses, your loved ones, your friends that are there with Jesus now, waiting for us, that we will see him face to face one day and we will be with him forever someday, but not yet because God has a purpose for us to be alive here on earth. And you think about when you go to a funeral and we gather to remember the life of a beloved friend or family member and you think about time you've spent with them, you think about the good times, you think about the bad times, you think about the challenging times, you think about the comforting times. But then you think about life, and you think about life compared to eternity. As James said, life is but a vapor. It appears for a while and it vanishes. It's like, like I like to say, it's steam on a cup of coffee, you know, just gone. It's there and it's gone. And it appears for a moment and then poof, you know, where did it go? And I like what Ecclesiastes says. I've been preaching through Ecclesiastes for almost a year now, and verse by verse. And Ecclesiastes says it's better to be at a funeral than a party because That's the end of all people. Death is the end of all people, and the living will take it to heart. You think about it. You're lighthearted at a party. You might not be thinking about too many important things, but when you go to a funeral, you are thinking about serious things. You're thinking about, you know, eternal things, and, you know, you think about what God says in the Word and what God means when He promises to us that we will always be with Him and that Whoever comes to Christ, he will, he will never cast out. And 
there's a hope, there's a, there's a security that we have in Christ. And it's easy to think about death and, death and dying when you're in the face of death and you have a loved one die. And you, we probably all had loved one died, loved ones die this past year. And um, I've had several people close to me die recently. And it really makes me think about the value of a Christian in the eyes of God. I love what Psalm 116 verse 15 says, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his godly ones. And I want to focus in on that verse in the remainder of our time today. Really want to focus in on that one verse in the Psalms. Psalm 116, verse 15, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his godly ones. And I want to break it down this way in in three parts. First, the Christian's value, precious. And then the Christian's vindication in the sight of the Lord. And then the Christian's victory, the death of his godly ones. Let's just walk through this, and I think it'll give comfort to those of you that mourn and those of you that have lost loved ones. And that word precious in the Bible means weighty and rare and costly and splendid and noble. It's used elsewhere in Psalm 72, verse 14. It's used in 2 Samuel 26, 2, and it's used in a similar way. It means precious, means prized. It means it's been appraised to be precious. Like if you have a a jewel that... You want to be appraised by a jeweler. They will tell you how much it's worth. And God says that you are worth a lot. Your value is very high in his sight. And it also means rare and scarce even. And you think about your loved ones that have passed on. They're loved and beloved and chosen and accepted and forgiven and valued. If they're a believer, if they place their trust and their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, they've trusted the substitute. They've trusted the shed blood of Christ. They've trusted in Christ alone for salvation from sin, uh, not just from the presence of sin, but the power of sin, the penalty of sin. And you think about it, Jesus saves us from the penalty of sin, which is death, and Jesus saves us from the power of sin, which is the law, and one day he will save us from, deliver us from the presence of sin when we are with him in the new heavens and the new earth, when we are with him in heaven where there is no sin. Uh, that will be so amazingly wonderful, and our minds can barely even grasp that, right? But think of the person that has loved you most in life. You are more loved by God than you ever imagine, and you're more loved by God than anyone who's ever loved you most in life, if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. His loving kindness is indeed everlasting. So the Christian's value is very high in God's sight. Secondly, the Christian's vindication. It says, Precious in the sight of the Lord, literally in the eye of God, the eye of Yahweh, Yahweh, the covenant name of God, God, the covenant-keeping God. And you think about it, we stand accused of the things that we have ever done or said before God's court of justice. We stand accused by Satan himself, who accuses the brethren day and night. And we have an advocate, though, with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one, who vindicates us, who justifies us. Think about it. Uh, Any believer was made right with God through faith in Christ because of God's gracious choice. Uh, He frees us from allegation or blame. Uh, Think about that idea of vindication. It's the act of declaring someone uh, free of blame. You're cleared of suspicion. It's proof that you're right or justified. And you don't have to be your own advocate in the spiritual life, in the Christian life, in in the regenerate life, God regenerates you. God makes the dead to live. God chooses to save you. And you don't testify on your own behalf. Jesus testifies on your behalf. 
He intercedes for the saints, as Romans 8 says, according to the will of God. Thereby the guilty go free. The vindication of, of the Christian, the condemned or redeemed, God makes the call, right? He declares you righteous. It's a legal declaration. It stands forever. Now, here's an interesting thing. I don't know if you ever thought about this, but does God take pleasure in everyone's death? No. He only takes pleasure in the Christian's death. But conversely, God says, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked. He takes pleasure in his people. He doesn't take pleasure in the wicked. And so in his people, their deaths become the gateway to life. As Jesus said in John 11, I'm the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. And I love the question he asked there. Do you believe this? He, he hits you right between the eyes. Do you believe in Jesus? You know, it's true either way. But if you believe, you're saved. If you believe, God has pleasure in you. But if you do not believe and you're in the category of the wicked, of the evil, of the unbeliever, then God takes no pleasure in your death because he takes no pleasure in you. He takes pleasure in his people. I love what is said in, in Genesis chapter 16, verse 13. You are the God who sees. You're the God who sees me. You're the God who knows me. Now, if you're familiar with the Bible and you know who said those words, you know, you are the God who sees me, what is probably most startling to me is that was Hagar. Hagar said that. Hagar, uh, the, the mother of Ishmael. So remember what happened in, in Genesis 16. Sarah, Abram's wife, bore him no children. She had a female Egyptian slave whose name was Hagar. Sarah says to Abram, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Go into my servant that I may obtain children. So Abram listened to the voice of Sarah. Uh, not the best choice, but he did it anyway. And Abram had lived 10 years in the land of Canaan at that point. And he took Hagar, the Egyptian, and had a baby with her. And what happened was that she then became, uh, she looked at Sarah with contempt. And Sarah said to Abram, may the wrong done to me be on you. you I gave you my servant, and then, now she is treating me with contempt. May the Lord judge between you and me. Now they have this problem, this, this inner family squabble going on. And then Abram said to Sarah, behold, your servant is in your power. Do with, your, do with her as you please. So Sarah dealt harshly with Hagar. So Hagar flees. You know, goes out in the wilderness or whatever. And the angel of the Lord finds her by a spring of water in the wilderness, a spring. And he says, Hagar, where have you come from? Where are you going? And she says, I'm fleeing from Sarah, my mistress. And, and, and the angel of the Lord says, you return to Sarah and submit to her. I'm going to multiply your offspring. They, they, they'll, they're they're going to be very many. And, and said this, and, and said, you're going to be pregnant. You're going to have a, a, you are pregnant, excuse me, you're going to bear a son. You'll call his name uh, Ishmael. The Lord has listened to your affliction. Ishmael literally means God hears, okay? So it says he'll be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone. Everyone's hand will be against him. He'll dwell over against his kinsmen. And then she calls the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God of seeing, El Elroy. Um, you are the God of seeing. Literally, you are the God who sees me. I love that. I hope that encourages your heart. Whatever hardship you've gone through, if you belong to the Lord, he sees you, he knows you, he understands you. He is El Roy, 
the God who sees you. Literally, it's, it's the one who saw me. God sees you, God knows you, God understands you. He sees and knows and understands everything. And you need to know your value. You are worth more than you know to God. Think about it. If you don't feel valued in life, you don't feel valued by your family, by your spouse, by your kids, by your boss, by your coworkers, even by fellow church members, if you don't feel valued, you may or may not be accurate in the way you're reading things, but your feelings are valid. They're your real feelings. But here's what you can know. You don't ever have to wonder if God values you. He values you immensely. God knows you. I mean, it's almost bringing me to tears to think about this. As I'm sitting here in this, in this little town in southwest Virginia, right, almost near the Tennessee border, and we're out here. You know, I just flew in to Nashville last night, flew in from L.A. I came out of LAX yesterday morning. Flew in, got into Nashville yesterday evening, drove to Knoxville to my in-laws, and then I'm, I drove here with Angela uh, today, uh, and um, it's just, I'm, I'm blown away that God sees me, God knows me, God's in control, I'm making choices, I, I'm having attitudes, I'm having thoughts, but God is God, and he knows. And it doesn't matter how I feel, if I feel valued or not, I am valued in his sight. So, so the first thing the Christian's, value, and then the vindication, the vindication of the Christian. And that is because of the value that he sees you and knows you. His vindication of you, where he declares you just, he declares you not guilty because he values you so much. And that really you are worth so much to him. And so because you're worth so much to him, he justified you. You now have you have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. Praise God Almighty. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. And then lastly, I'll make this quicker. Um, we'll just take a few more minutes. But the Christian's victory, not just the Christian's value, which just permeates, and not just the vindication that justifies and makes you right with God, but the Christian's victory, precious in the sight of the Lord, is the death of his godly ones. Death you know, is common to all. Death soils man's plans. It soils your plans. It breaks your heart. Death came in because of sin. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But being justified freely as a gift by the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. You know, we are saved in Christ. And then Romans 6.23, The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. And then let me read, this great passage, 1 Corinthians 15, 50 to 58. I tell you this, brothers, brothers and sisters, literally brothers and sisters, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I love the word behold in the Bible. It means listen up, take note. You're going to hear something that is going to anchor your soul. I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, meaning die here on earth, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. 
There's the Christian's victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? It's questioning death at the bar of justice. You can't hold us. We have victory in Christ. The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God. One of the best sentences in all the Bible. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know what 1 Corinthians 15 is doing? It's calling out on behalf of all believers in making death give an account. It can give no such accounting. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? There is no victory. There is no sting. Not for the believer. Not for the believer. The believer has victory in Christ. I mean, think about it. Wonder of all wonders. Only because of God's sovereign grace. Only because of God's sovereign, merciful grace can a person be called and known as godly. God's godly ones. That means pious, <laughs> gracious, kind, holy. You might not feel like that today. But in God's sight, you are. Live up to your name, folks. Not according to man's assessment, but God's pronouncement. If you're godly, it's because you belong to Christ. Christ belongs to God. God makes you godly by grace through faith in Christ. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his godly ones. Oh, beloved, whoever's listening to this, whether you're listening on Thursday, February 11th, 2021, or maybe if the Lord tarries, you're listening to this in 2028, I don't know. Just remember this, Psalm 116, verse 15. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his godly ones. The Christian's value, precious. The Christian's vindication in the sight of the Lord. The Christian's victory, the death of God's godly ones. We live here between two trees, the tree of life in the garden and the, new, and the tree of life in the new Jerusalem. And we are living in the in-between there's constant reminders, constant reminders that we are made for another world. All the problems you're having right now, it's because we're made for another world. And I'm telling you what, God knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing in your life. Jesus died on the tree of pain on Calvary, at Calvary, to save us. Only in Christ is there life. Remember what he said, I came that they might have life and have it to the full. And, and what it says in John 1, in him was life and the life was the light of men. Oh boy, if you've had a loved one die recently, your parent, your sibling, your significant other, they would tell you right now, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Put your trust in Christ alone. He saves by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, as revealed in Scripture alone, for the glory of God alone. You're going to have to reckon with death and just keep living your life until God calls you home, beloved, and know that death for the Christian is entrance into eternal life, life eternal. As Jesus welcomes his own, you will enter into the joy of your master. Let me repeat that quote by Samuel Rutherford, and then we'll close. And from the loveliness of Christ, when we shall come home and enter to the possession of our brother's fair kingdom, and when our heads shall find the weight of the eternal crown of glory, and when we shall look back to pains and sufferings, then shall we see life and sorrow to be less than one step or stride from a prison to glory, and that our little inch of time, suffering is not worthy of our first night's welcome home to heaven. Therefore, my beloved brothers, 
sisters, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Live life to the full for the glory of God, my friends, and know that when you die, if you're a Christian, you're valued, you're vindicated, you have victory. You will be stepping from a prison to glory. Your first night's welcome there will be sweeter than anything you have ever known. I want to sign off now. Thank you for listening in to the Ordinary Church Podcast today. And until next time, God bless you. And have a wonderful day. Jesus is Lord.